0: When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. Then the two disciples heard him say this. They followed Jesus. Turning round, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent the day with him. It was about the tenth hour, which is about four o'clock. But well, it is four o'clock. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said, and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, "We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ." And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him. And said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas. Which, when translated, is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law. And about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. And When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under a fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. Then he added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son man. Let's just pray. Father, we love your word. It is a lamp to our feet. And we pray that as we just spend this time just asking you through this passage to speak to us, I pray that you will, by your spirit, touch our lives, encourage our hearts, teach us more about yourself. In Jesus' name, Amen. Have you ever been part of a team? I've I've been part of lots of teams um, as uh, when I was little and growing up in the playground. Do you remember? Some of you might remember the days when you'd sort of just all get together in the playground, and two people would be picked as captains, and then they'd pick their teams. That was either a good thing for you or a really bad thing that you were sort of the last one chosen and whatever. And then I remember playing for f- football teams for my school where actually the teacher chose the team. And, uh, and he was like the manager and he would pick the team. And uh, I don't know whatever teams you've been in. But I googled the best teams ever assembled. Because that's where you go for wisdom, isn't it? And uh, I had to try a few times because the first time, they just came up with American basketball teams. So I thought that was a bit biased. Um, So I have pulled together a few of what they considered the greatest teams to be ever assembled. And you might want to, it's just a bit of a quiz, a bit of fun. Which is this team? It's a bit of a giveaway. You can shout out the answers. It's not a trick question. It is the A-team. Well done. This is going to be good if that's the best thing you can do. Oh, who's this team? It's from a film. Oceans. Oceans 11. They put together a, a hand-picked team. It was to rob people, but it was, we'll just move, move on quickly. Ah, but we have great teams as well here. In the, not just all Americans. What about this for a team? What a great team. Lewis! If you're modern, it's Lewis and Hathaway, isn't it? But um, there you go. Another another great team. I love this team. When I was small, I loved this team. Anyone know this team? The Magnificent Seven. We kind of found a level now, haven't we? <laughs> another team? Oh, this is a brilliant team. What were they called? The Fellowship of the Ring! Frodo! Oh, what a fan. If you've never seen... The, how, hands up if you've never seen Lord of the Rings. What are you done with your lives? <laughs> if you've got nine hours to spare, <laughs> I would encourage you to watch these films. They are brilliant. They are fantastic. You don't have to do it all at once. They are in three. Okay, I was hoping that Stevie Berryman would be here, but from Cornerstone. Stevie! This one's for you. Who are this? Who are these? They were called the Invincibles. He told me in the week. <laughs> Preston North End. What year? <laughs> Hang on. 1889. We're into football now, just in case um, you didn't. Preston North End were called the original Invincibles. They won the league and the FA Cup without losing a game that season. Uh, you're all impressed, obviously. <laughs> this one was for Steve. Anyone else know who this team is? The Arsenal. Okay. And they were called the Invincibles as well. But this is my my all-time best football team ever. Yes! It's not Norwich. (laughs) This is the Brazil team from 1970. I was only four years old, but... They were fantastic. We'll argue later. We'll argue later. Okay. And here is a brilliant team. Anyone recognise this team? Cornerstone United. And we've won the league yet again, and we're in the cup final on the 18th of May. Isn't that fantastic? Have we ever gone a season without losing, Steve? We have. (laughs) Not this season. Okay. Okay. Do you know that you're part of the greatest team? Ever, ever assembled. You are part of the greatest team ever assembled. We haven't got uh, sort of pictures. We got one picture that was kind of taken of the team. Um, It's a bit, it's a bit murky, isn't it? Can we clear it up a little bit? There we go. (laughs) They didn't take many pictures then, but this is, this is, this is the starting twelve, you know, of Jesus's team, and we're part of his team, hand-picked. We weren't left at the end of the line in the playground, oh no, who's going to have him? Who's going to have a We were hand-picked by Jesus to be in part of his team, his rescue team in the world. And um, I played a game with Herbie this week about naming all the 12 disciples, because uh, to my shame, to my shame, Who am I going to pick on <laughs> But it's not as easy as you think. We're going to name some of the disciples. Shout out a disciple. One of the first starting 12. Simon Peter. Can we go through these? I'm sorry, I've put them in an order. So we're going to start with Andrew. We're going to start with Andrew. So this won't work because my computer skills are not good enough to do this. So we'll just work through them. There's Andrew. There's Simon Peter, or otherwise known as Rocky. There's John. The author of the gospel, there's his brother James. They were known as the sons of thunder, and they were the sons of Zebedee. Then you have Matthew, or Levi, tax collector. Then you, This was the one that caught me out, Nathaniel. Nathaniel. He only appears in John's gospel. And uh, they think that he is possibly Bartholomew, because Bartholomew is a surname, son of Ptolemy. And in the other Gospels, when they list the names of the twelve, it's Bartholomew who comes. You all knew that anyway, didn't you? Anyone else? Thomas. He gets a little bit of bad press. but There's Philip. Oh, someone else mentioned. Judas or Thaddeus, because there's two Judas in the twelve. There's Simon the Zealot. And then there's the other James. And Judas Iscariot, he's sort of blurring out a bit. That's not intentional, but okay. Well, well done if you all know those off by heart. and It's all nothing new to you. But here we have in John's gospel, just as we're starting going through this gospel, Jesus starts to assemble his rescue team. He is going to send this team into the whole world, proclaiming the good news of who he is and what he's done. And you are part of the best team ever assembled. If you have trusted in Jesus, have you trusted in Jesus? It's not too late. Don't leave it too late. Will you trust in Jesus today? And it's as if John records kind of the opening week of Jesus' life. Because if you just look through the paragraphs, if you had your Bible with you, you'd see that in verse 29 he says, the next day John saw Jesus. In verse 35, the next day John was there. In verse 43, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. And we pick up the story where John the Baptist yet again says, look, the Lamb of God. And he's pointing to Jesus. And last week we looked at what what the Lamb of God meant and what it symbolized. And John just points his own disciples to Jesus. No jealousy, no ego in, in John the Baptist at all. He points his own disciples to Jesus. Encouraging them to follow Jesus because he is the one. Remember John said he wasn't even worthy to untie his sandals Jesus was the one. And we're told that the two, these two disciples follow Jesus. And they don't follow him in the way that sometimes we mean following him. They just kind of stalk him. You know, just walking behind him. And Jesus turns to them and says, what do you want? What do you want? Were they hangers on? Were they looking for... Amazing things to happen. And they just say, Rabbi, teacher. It's as if they're saying, we want to learn from you. We want to be your disciples. They were looking for someone. That's why they were with John the Baptist. And now John the Baptist points them to Jesus. And I guess they had no idea... At that moment, what this was going to involve. None of us two. When we trusted in Jesus, what he was going to do with us and in our lives. And Jesus just says, Come. And Jesus clears his diary for the day. You know, it would have be been wonderful to see what Jesus had on his to-do list that day. Find Andrew. Find John. Find Nathaniel and Philip. You see, when they think they're looking for Jesus, what they realize is Jesus is looking for them. When I came to know the Lord Jesus, I thought I had found Jesus. I even told people, I found Jesus. No. He came looking for me. I was actually running away from him. He came looking for me and calling me, and he calls you as well. And Andrew and this other disciple begin to follow Jesus, and they will follow him for the next three years. In fact, they will follow him for the rest of their lives, and they will be spending eternity with Jesus. And the moment that you began following Jesus, you're following him for life, and you're following him into eternity. And things are never the same. When Jesus is Lord of our lives. Notice the detail in this gospel. It's four o'clock. The writer is almost here, hidden here, I think. Maybe this is John. And he's not named yet. But there's an eyewitness detail. This happened at four o'clock. I met Jesus on a spring day at four o'clock. And if it's John, he would have been a very young man. Maybe even late teens. We don't know for sure. And Jesus begins to assemble his team of ordinary people. Ordinary people, just like you and me. We can identify with people like this. The first thing, I love Andrew. Andrew is always in the shadow of his brother. I don't know if that's ever happened to you or in families. He is always in the shadow of his life. Even here, when he is the first to meet Jesus, he is introduced as Simon Peter's brother. Always in the background, but he has such a good heart, Andrew. What a great guy Andrew is. The first thing he does is to go and find his brother and tell him about Jesus and everywhere in the gospels he's introduced as Simon Peter's brother but the three times when Andrew takes center stage in the gospel every time he is introducing people to Jesus isn't that wonderful he wasn't the leader he wasn't the probably the most eminent preacher among the gang but he was the one introducing people to Jesus all the time And I'm so grateful that we have amongst us here people who, you may not be in the limelight, not the preacher, but you're always introducing people to Jesus. And it's fab. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. And Simon comes. And Jesus looks at him, and literally he gazes at him. It's as if Jesus looks into his heart. And he doesn't just see what's there on show. He sees what can be there. You are Simon. You will be called Cephas, Peter, Rocky. The impulsive nature will be redeemed into a rock-solid leader. And as we'll see next week, water into wine. First sign that Jesus performs, First miracle. Jesus' initiative he comes to Simon and he says I'm going to make you a new person with a new name the next day John says that Jesus finds Philip and all he says to Philip in this gospel is follow me isn't that brilliant sometimes I spend 10 weeks on Alpha just preaching my heart out You know, and just sharing everything I know and even some things I don't know, you know. Because I want people to see Jesus, Jesus, follow me. Just follow me. And and Philip, he just, okay. It's wonderful when people say come on Alpha, just ready to follow Jesus. It's like week two. They They're, yeah, I'm up for this. What does Philip do? He finds Nathaniel. And why we think Nathaniel and Bartholomew are the same is whenever there's a list of the, the apostles, Philip and Bartholomew always come together. And he says, Philip says, We found Jesus. We found the one. No, he didn't. Jesus found him. He'll realize that. Jesus of Nazareth. And isn't it brilliant, Nathaniel's reply? It's just fab, isn't it? And Nathaniel went, Nazareth? Jesus of Nazareth? That's the pits of a place. Has anything ever good come out of Nazareth? I've been to Nazareth, but not back then. But its I mean, it's no great shakes, but it's a bit unfair, I think. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip just says, come and see. Come and see. And here, right at the beginning of the gospel, we see a culture of invitation. We've talked about, in our vision statement, having a culture of invitation. That we should be a church that invites people all the time, whether it's to church or the men's breakfast or to the ladies' lunches or anything that we're doing. Just keep inviting. Come and see. It's right here at the beginning of the gospel, a culture of invitation. And when Jesus sees... Nathaniel. He speaks about him, and he says, "Here is a true Israelite, in whom there is nothing false." He knows Nathaniel. I remember when um, early days of meeting Edward. This is the verse God gave me for Edward. There is nothing false in him. It's a wonderful thing to have spoken about you, isn't it? And Nathaniel responds in a kind of way, Have we met before? How do you know me? There is something just in that simple word that Jesus says about him that Nathaniel knows that Jesus knows. Jesus knows my heart. How do you know me? And Jesus says to him, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. And Nathanael just breaks out. He says, Rabbi, you're the son of God. I don't think he's meaning here that he believes Jesus is God the son. But it's a messianic term. You're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. It's as if Nathanael knows that Jesus is a man who knows his heart, his dreams, his prayers and Jesus knows you he knows us he knows your heart he knows your dreams he knows your prayers he knows you and he loves you i'm sure jesus would have smiled as he responds to nathaniel he says i can do far more than read your heart You're impressed that I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. You will see greater things than these. And then we come to the tricky verse in this passage. I tell you the truth, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Am I the only one when we read that? What does that mean? What did Jesus mean by that? What's the verse all about? And as you dig deeper, you see that it comes from the background in Genesis. A story about Jacob. Last week, the kids were out in Freerunners, and they were doing about Jacob's ladder. And they made ladders out of breadsticks. Did you remember that? It's brilliant. Ladders you can eat. Fantastic. And the background, if you want to catch it up later, Genesis 25 to 28, is the story of Jacob. Jacob's ladder, it's sometimes called. There was Abraham, Abraham's son Isaac, and Isaac's son Jacob. In fact, two sons, Jacob and Esau, that became two nations. Jacob became Israel, 12 tribes. And Jesus gathers his team, 12 disciples. There is a fulfillment here of the scriptures. Jacob, to cut a long story short, deceived his father. He stole his brother's birthright and his brother's blessing. And he was on the run in fear of his life. And one night he stops and he sleeps. And he has a dream. And in the dream he sees a ladder. With its base, the foot of the ladder on the ground and its top reaching to heaven. And he sees angels Descending and ascending on this ladder between heaven and earth. Heaven touching earth. He sees it in this vision, in this dream. And above it stands the Lord. I am. And God says to him and he affirms the covenant that he made with Abraham and Isaac. I will give you this land. And Jacob says, Surely the Lord was in this place and I was not aware of it. Like Nathaniel, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And then he realizes it's the Lord. And it speaks of the presence of God, it speaks of a place of an encounter with God. And many, many, many years later when the promise is fulfilled that that land becomes their land. The tribes of Israel. When God delivers them out of slavery, we remembered that in the Lamb of God. Through the Exodus and the Passover. And Jacob calls the place Bethel. God's house. Or Bethel in Spanish. Much later, when Israel take possession of the land, they make it one of their great places of worship, Bethel. A place of encounter with God. A place where God's presence was there linking heaven and earth. There was a direct heaven-touching earth. And it's as if Jesus is saying, Nathanael, In me, heaven touches earth. God walking on this earth as a human being. Jesus Christ, God the Son. There are many churches that are called Bethel today. There's a church that's doing amazing things in California called Bethel. One of the most amazing churches in Europe is called Bethel where over 60% of its congregation, thousands of men are ex heroin addicts. God is doing the most incredible word, house of God, place of encounter with God. Jesus is saying he's the fulfillment of this. Just in this simple verse, you will see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jacob's ladder, there were angels descending and ascending. It was heaven touching earth. Jesus, the Lamb of God, who fulfills the Passover. Jesus, the Word, who becomes flesh and makes his dwelling among us. J.B. Phillips translates it as, he tabernacles among us. Jesus came and pitched his tent among us. Jesus, the fulfillment of that place of meeting in the wilderness where they had a tent. Later on, the temple. Jesus is the fulfillment of all those things. The message Bible says, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. In Jesus Christ, heaven touches earth. God comes to rescue humanity. All separated from God because of our sin. In this spiritual battle, Jesus comes to rescue you and I. Because we're lost without him. We're lost without him. For eternity we will be lost without him. And Jesus comes to rescue us. And he calls men and women into his team. And we're here today to proclaim Jesus Christ. Not to wait for his coming, although he's coming, but to proclaim Jesus to people who don't yet know him. That in Jesus, they can meet with God. In Jesus, they can have their sins forgiven. In Jesus, there is the promise of eternal life. Heaven touching earth. Jesus is the savior of the world. The rescue mission is on. And only Jesus can bridge the gap and raise us up to heaven just in this simple verse Jesus is the connection he's the one who brings us to the father and he is with us today if we have confessed Jesus as lord he is in us by his spirit we're going to share communion with all the kids because here we remember what Jesus did for us but he is here in bread and the cup heaven Touching earth. Surely God was in this place and I didn't know it. If you don't know Jesus and you're here this morning, I encourage you to open your heart to him. Will you receive him today? No accident that you're here today. Jesus loves you, he's made a way for you. When Jacob had that encounter with God, he took his eyes off his circumstances just for a moment. He took his eyes off the things that were he was running away from and he met with God. I trust that this morning you've been able to lift your eyes to the God who is here to meet with you, who loves you, knows all about your heart and is for you. We're part of this rescue team sent out by Jesus. What a joy. What a privilege to be known as followers of Jesus. Let's pray together. Can I ask someone just to let the children know that they're welcome back? Perhaps one of the stewards. Let's pray. Just want to give them an opportunity if someone wants to come to faith this morning put trust in Jesus I encourage you just to pray a simple prayer just asking Jesus to come into your life